0: You are listening to The
4: Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It was last Friday at this time. Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter, lead content strategist for the MMQB, joined us. And he dropped a little nugget that he thought Matthew Stafford could get traded before the Super Bowl. And I go, wait a minute, you must know something. And I thought, let's have Albert Breer on to take a victory lap. Albert, (laughs) congratulations. So what did you know and when did you know it?
5: Uh, you know, I, I think basically I I knew that things had heated up and that the Lions were of a mind to move them before the Super Bowl, in large part to get ahead of the market. And I think this was sort of smart, Dan, in that, you know, they recognized that things could get chaotic with quarterbacks over the next couple of months. We've all talked about that. And is Deshaun Watson going to become available? Is Sam Darnold going to become available? And so. I think their logic was like, let's put this guy out there. So we don't have to worry about supply and demand, screwing up an asset. And, you know, let's give the kid Stafford, let's give him some, some certainty. Let's give the other team that's trading for him some certainty and let's mass maximize the value of what we have. And so I think, you know, from that standpoint, it was smart to do it because I, you know, a team like the Rams, um, other teams involved, Washington, Carolina, You know, they they had an opportunity to go after a guy who I think most teams view as a top 10 quarterback um, without, you know, the I without without any certainty that 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 anybody of that level is going to be available again during the offseason. So, yeah, I think it was just sort of a smart read of what might happen the next couple of months by by the Lions. But to
4: make this deal happen, the Lions had to take Jared Goff. Mm hmm. If this was Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina, were they going to have to take Teddy Bridgewater? Was this, yeah, was this the formula by these other teams that you're going to have to take our quarterback uh, if we're going to make this happen?
5: Yeah, so I think it's sort of a two way thing, Dan. Like I, I think on one hand, you're right. Like the the Rams were going to have to offload Goff. It wasn't going to work if they couldn't offload Goff and. Um, it would have been tough to move Goff if, uh, quite uh, quite honestly, it would have been very difficult to move Goff if um, you know if if they had traded for Stafford had both in the roster. So the the cleanest thing for them to do was to offload Goff as part of the deal. That said, I mean I, I can tell you this: like Dan Campbell had communicated to people in that front office that he didn't want to be up a creek at quarterback. Like he wanted a guy who he could at least at least compete with for the next few years. And so, you know, I think from that standpoint, I, Goff was sort of attractive to him and that they had, you know, he has, you know, almost five years um, of starting experience, you know, started half of his rookie year. And there's been a starter since then he started in a super bowl. And um, yeah, I mean, I think that because of that, like there was a level of interest in golf, and that, at the very least you know he can be a competent starting quarterback for you for the next 2 or 3 years and buy you time to find whoever your long-term answer is and i think from the same you know by you know by in the same sort of way if you're trading with carolina obviously teddy bridgewater would be a guy that you'd mention if you're trading with denver drew lock would be a guy that would come up so I think with, you know, a number of these teams, a quarterback could have come in play if those teams have been able to get to the sort of draft pick comp that the, the Rams are willing to give up.
4: What's the downside for both of these teams?
5: So the downside for the Lions is that the Rams could be really good over the next couple of years and those picks might not be all that valuable. Um, you know, I, I think if you if you look at what the what was in front of the Lions they had an opportunity to get the eighth pick in the draft. Um, as part of a pick swap, I think they probably could have wound up with the ninth pick too with Denver. Now they would have had to send a pick back, which devalues it a little bit. Um, they could have had the 19th pick, um, Washington's pick. And so part of the risk for the Lions here is you don't know what's gonna happen to the picks in 2022 and 2023. And if the Rams are really good, you know, then those might be de facto second round picks. So that's the risk for the Lions in doing this deal this way. Um, the risk for the Rams is that, you know, they've become very, very top heavy in their salary structure. And um, there's questions about whether or not you can put the right sort of support system around Matthew Stafford. Um, you know, obviously they're a little bit, you know, they, they've, they've had their issues in the offensive line the last couple of years. How does Andrew Whitworth hang up, hold up, hold up at left tackle? Um, you know, what happens if one of their big salary guys has an injury? So, uh, because of the way they're structured now, it leaves them in a position where they're going to have to hit on a lot of, you know, third, fourth, fifth round picks in order to make up the difference and build depth in case they do lose some of the hot, the big name guys they have. And
4: they've right. been pretty good, though, that yeah, they have, been. you know, they've they've done well from the second round on. So we're talking mm-hmm. to Albert Breer, the uh, senior NFL reporter, lead content strategist for the MMQB is the haul that the Lions got in any way re- related to what it's going to cost to uh, get to Sean Watson?
5: No, because, well, I, I think part of the haul the, the Lions were able to get was taking on Goff's contract, right? Like, so there was a little bit of, and, and again, like the Lions wanted Goff. Like the Lions like the idea of having Goff as their starting quarterback, at least as a placeholder. But there was an NBA element to this, right? Like that, you know, they had to, the the Rams had to give a little bit more to get the Lions to take on Goff's contract. So uh, that definitely exists. Um, shoot, I, I lost my train of thought there, Dan. What was, what was the question? The, the, the Texans and what it's the going Texans, to... The Texans, yeah. I, I, don't, I, do not think it, I, I don't think it affects that much. I mean, yeah. Deshaun Watson's a 25-year-old superstar quarterback. like I think you start with three first round picks probably if you're talking about dealing for Deshaun Watson. And and again, we don't know if he's going to be available. I mean, right now, I I can tell you where it stands Deshaun Watson isn't returning the Texans calls and like the Texans are basically stonewalling anybody who comes to them inquiring about Watson. So, I mean, right now we're sort of in this giant staring contest and and nobody really knows what the conclusion is. I mean, because we don't know whether or not Deshaun Watson is going to acquiesce and eventually talk to the Texans people. And we don't know if the Texans are going to get to a point down the line where they say, you know what? We got a first year coach, a first year GM. We can't start a program with this hanging over our head for the next six months.
4: Yeah, it, it's kind of interesting. I know that uh, Nick Casario said they're not, you know, trading him or whatever, no intentions. But I, if I was in the press conference, I would have followed up by asking, are you taking phone calls though? Yeah. Because that's what I want to know. I mean, you can, of course, you're going to say we have no interest in trading him. Um, and then see if somebody really wants Deshaun Watson, what they're going to give up. Did, did the Rams think that Aaron Rodgers was really in play?
5: Well, I mean, the Rams, so, like, I think the Rams explored the idea of Watson, too. Like, I think the Rams were sort of looking at all of their options as, okay, how do we upgrade at the position? And I think part of it was that they felt like there was a little bit of a ceiling there with Jared Goff, and, you know, they feel like they're in a championship window, number one defense in the NFL, um And, you know, a bunch of star players who are right in the heart of their prime guys like Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. And so, you know, this is sort of their time to go and maximize what they have. So like I don't think that they felt like Aaron Rodgers was available, but you know, this is a team that sort of investigates everything. You know what I mean, Dan? Like, so, I, you know, they didn't want to be kicking themselves on the other end of the Stafford deal, you know, and they find out a month later that Rogers was available or that Watson <laughs> was available. So uh, they definitely kicked tires on those sorts of things to make sure, okay, like, you know, we know the landscape now. We're going to go forward with Matthew Stafford as our target. I
4: was told last night by a source that the Lions said to Matthew Stafford, pick a soft landing. You know mm-hmm. that 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 we, we we don't want a disgruntled former Detroit Lion because we have enough of those our star players who haven't always been happy. Yep. That that San Francisco was really in play, but then mm-hmm. I didn't know what was going to happen to Jimmy Garoppolo. Was that a, a similar situation that Garoppolo was yeah. going to go to Detroit?
5: So, like, my understanding is, and and this was the understanding a bunch of teams that were involved had was that the top three for Stafford. Number one, LA. Number two, San Francisco. Number three, Indianapolis. And of those three, Los Angeles showed by far the most interest. Um, you know, the the Niners. My understanding is they talked to 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 the um, they talked to the Lions at the Senior Bowl, and things escalated fast. And like I don't think that the Niners were ever going to offer the twelfth pick. Now they were willing to put together an offer, but I don't think they were ever going to offer the twelfth pick. And really, you know, I think that their idea was, okay, like let's regroup over the weekend, and you know, we'll we'll put something in front of the lions on monday and then when the lions came back to them after things had escalated a little bit on saturday now all of a sudden it was like you know what the return was going to be for stafford they were like whoa you know like that's a little bit further than we were willing to go so i think it was sort of a combination with the niners of how quickly things escalated in the negotiation friday and saturday and then also just you know the fact that like they're okay with where they're at with Jimmy Garoppolo Mm. and it the quarterback switch there wasn't worth the 12th overall pick to them what do
4: you expect to happen this week
5: if anything you mean as far as more trades anything anything um now I don't think that I don't think we're gonna have act I don't think we're gonna have as much action this week um you know although I do think, you know, you 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 look at some of the like pieces of this trade and I think you get a window into what could happen over the next, you know, couple of months. And so I do think you'll start to see some of those exploratory phone calls. Look, teams are going to continue calling Deshaun calling the Texans on Deshaun Watson until Deshaun Watson shows up and puts on a Texans helmet and wears a Texans jersey again. So do you think that's Jacksonville
4: entertains phone calls for the number one overall pick? No. Okay.
5: No. I, but I'll give you a give you one though. Like like you know, I think the number two overall pick suddenly becomes really fascinating. I mean, I can tell you one of the teams that checked in on Stafford was the New York Jets, and I, I don't think that they were going to go where the Rams went. Mm. But you know what that is, Dan. I mean, I, a couple other teams like. That was sort of a smoke signal to them, like, okay, like if you're making a call on Matthew Stafford, does by you know deductive reasoning here, does that mean you're moving on from Sam Darnold? And if you're moving on some from if some, if you could be moving on from Sam Darnold, now do I? Put together an offer. You know what I mean? Or do I see what maybe you're willing to do with him? So yeah, you know, I I think that there are certain parts of the Stafford deal that could lead to other things. And again, the Texans are naturally going to get calls on Watson, but now that some team other teams that need quarterbacks and may want a young quarterback, see the Jets picked up the phone and called the Lions. If you're one of those teams, do you pick up, up the phone and call the Jets about Darnold? I just think it's fascinating. And that, of course plays into the second overall pick. Now are the Jets looking at Zach Wilson or Justin Fields there? That's where all of the moving parts with this are going to be so interesting over the next couple of months.
4: Oh, always great to talk to you. Thank you again, and uh, congrats on your victory lap there, (laughs) Albert. Have a great week.
5: Awesome. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate
4: it. That's Albert Breer, the uh, NFL insider, MMQB, senior NFL reporter. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR.
0: Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura podcast network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States.
7: on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. He's Tua
4: tonga who's back on the program. Good morning, Tua. What did you think of the Matthew Stafford trade?
8: Good morning, Dan. Thank you guys for having me. Um, you know, I, I don't know too much about how these trade deals work. <laughs> um, you know, but I... I think whatever you know, I think the two organizations, you know pretty much got what they wanted. Uh, I, I don't know too much uh, else about uh, those things.
4: Where are you right now? I'm at home. I'm in my office at home. Is that your bedroom? No, 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 this is my office. What do you got in there? You got uh, some, some trophies there behind you? Yeah. <laughs> I do. Well, what's the one that if you had to get out of the house, you'd grab? Um, I'm, I'm
8: not too sure. I I probably grabbed the football.
4: <laughs> what, what's the football? Is that the national title game? No, that was my first
8: touchdown uh, throw in the NFL.
4: Oh, cool. <laughs> That's good. Uh, now, is that where you get the touchdown receiver gives it to you and then you hand it to like the uh, equipment guy? Correct. Oh, okay. Yes, right. correct. Uh, where are you going to watch the Super Bowl? I'll be at home watching the Super Bowl. Got any, uh, are you Are you leaning AFC since you're an AFC guy?
8: Man, I, I, I just hope to see a really good game. That's, that's really all it is. You know, whoever wins, um, wins. I think, you know, there's two really good uh, quarterbacks, but then you also got two really good defenses uh, as well. So I just want to see a good game.
4: You think you'll be playing quarterback at 43 in the NFL?
8: I mean God bless Tom that's that's crazy (laughs) that's crazy I you know God willing that my my career is that long if not you know I'd hope to at least have a a decent career
4: I asked this to uh, Justin Herbert last week I, I said take away I'm gonna let you take away one defender on the Chiefs defense like you're gonna play them and you know that guy doesn't get to play because you said that he doesn't get to play who would that guy be Uh, who would that guy be?
8: Now I, I think it's hard to just pick out one guy because studying their defense, I mean these guys are multiple defense. they you know, first and second down are normally downs where you understand or you kind you kind of know what their defense is going to give you. and third down is when they switch it up, but you know, for the chiefs. You know they 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 do what they do on third down on first second third and fourth down. You know you just never know what you're going to get with them. I just think it's very hard to pick out one guy.
4: Herbert said uh, Tyron Matthew.
8: Uh, Tyron's really good too, uh, but you know when when they're when they're pressuring, you know, and I mean it, it just
4: really makes it hard how many times how many times did you go to the line of scrimmage at Alabama and know it was going to be a touchdown
8: uh, I would say a little over fifty percent <laughs> a little over fifty percent um wow, yeah, and then sometimes you know with the short passes, I just thought it'd be you know at least a decent catch and run um. But a lot of the times, you know, I'd, I'd get the ball in the hands of Jerry or Devontae or Jalen, and, you know, a little two yard catch would turn into a 72 yard touchdown.
4: Be honest with me. If I was the quarterback at Alabama and I had those receivers, how many touchdowns do you think I could throw?
8: Oh, man you'd be able to throw however many touchdowns your heart desires, I think.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so so if I said I could throw 20 touchdowns behind that line, that running back, that coach, those receivers, I mean, that's not far-fetched for a guy who's in his 60s, right? No. Okay, thank you. No, it does, guys. I appreciate that. <laughs> He's uh, Tua Tonga-Bailoa joining us on the program. Uh, what do you miss mo- most about Coach Saban? Um... I mean, there's there's a lot
8: of things to to talk highly about coach Saban. Um, But I think the the one thing people don't know is uh, the kind of person he is off the field. Uh, He's very soft spoken, very tender hearted, very loving and, you know, very caring of a person off the field. Uh, No one would expect that from someone like Coach Saban, because when they see him coaching, he he's just another person. He's, He's yelling at someone, he's screaming at refs. Um, you know, so I don't know. There's, there's a lot of memories that I have with, uh, Coach Saban. What
4: about, will you not miss about Coach Saban?
8: See, I don't know. I, I, I would say you're playing with fire there because in order to miss, you know, his, his, you know, who he is off the field, um, you know, you got to accept who he is on the field before you, you can really appreciate who he is off the field. Um, you know because you know, without you know the pushing and whatnot you wouldn't you wouldn't um how would you say it? respect him the same way you do because he expects the best out of you
4: um, update me on your health of where you were in September to say now like how is there a big difference in how you feel mobility, all of that from September to to now?
8: I would say there is a big difference, um, you know, and then the pass off season, uh, it's really, it's really been a rehab a uh, year last year. Uh, but this year, uh, I would, I'd would say my, my health has gotten a little better, uh, but it's not something that, you know, you feel it's good and you just stop, um, you know, working on mobility and whatnot. Uh, it's a continuing process for me,
4: but, You know, we look back and we didn't even know if your career was going to continue when you looked at that injury. And that's why I didn't know if the bar was set higher because maybe Justin Herbert's success where we were expecting, or Joe Burrow, like, hey, Tua, you got to put up these numbers. But they didn't go through what you went through. Uh, Was the media fair to you in the expectations?
8: I I wouldn't... (laughs) I would say I wouldn't know too much because I, I never never paid attention too much to the media with what they had said or you know with what was going on. Uh, really, the only time I'd ever understand uh, you know about the hype was when I got interviewed you know by the media um, for the Miami Dolphins. But as far as expectations, I have really high expectations for myself. Um, And I didn't meet those expectations this past year.
4: What's it like to hear your name or have people tell you that your name's involved in possible trade talks with Deshaun Watson?
8: Yeah, I I would say that's something that I I can't control. Um, I don't have any control over, um, you know, those trade deals and whatnot. Um, But for me, my job is to, you know, help our team win games and, you know, help our offense contribute to the success of the team. Um, so, yeah.
4: Well, I was going to buy a Tua Dolphin jersey in the off season. I, I don't, like, I just want to make sure you're still going to be there, though. Like, should I wait till August here, Tua? Well, honestly, I, I'm not
8: too sure. Um, like I said, I, you know, I can't, I can't control, you know, things that I can't control. Uh, what I can do is continue to work hard, and um, hopefully this upcoming season...
4: Maybe I get an Alabama jersey. I'll get a two Alabama (laughs) jerseys. Then I'm safe. (laughs) Uh, What are you doing with Verizon this week? Uh, Yeah, Um, I'll be participating in
8: the new Verizon 5G stadium in Fortnite uh, with fans as well as other NFL players and gamers on February 2nd. Uh, And fans will be able to tune in via Twitch and on Twitter at Verizon.
4: Were you allowed to play video games growing up?
8: I was. Um, oh, that doesn't I, I sound was.
4: like you, you probably had to sneak to play video games. Well, school days,
8: I, I, I wasn't able to. You know, weekends, depending, <laughs> you know, if I if I did good throughout the week with football practice and whatnot, and, you know, as well as football games, then I'd be rewarded by being able to play the
4: game. Do you have a curfew back at home now with your parents? Uh, No, I... I never had a curfew <laughs> with my my parents only certain times of my my life <laughs> when's the last time you were grounded by your parents? Uh, i I wouldn't say
8: I was ever grounded um you know, I, yeah I, I just got things taken away like I couldn't do certain things.
4: well, did you get a timeout or you know like like your um, dad said, Go to your room' No,
8: I I never I never got timeouts. (laughs) Only time I've got timeout was when I was in kindergarten and first grade.
4: (laughs) Oh, I'm sure what you did was so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hey, um, good luck with Verizon, and it's always great to to uh, see you. Tell your parents I said hello, and uh, good luck with this off season.
8: Will do. Thanks, Dan.
4: Appreciate it. That's uh, Tua Tonga Violo joining us on behalf of uh, Verizon 5G, the uh, Fortnite. 5G Stadium in Fortnite tomorrow night. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan
9: Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
4: Gary Klein covers the Rams. He's the beat writer for the L.A. Times. Good to have Gary back. Gary, your first reaction when you first heard that Matthew Stafford was coming and Jared Goff was going.
9: Well, Dan, I, I was a little surprised only because given the way that Les Snead and Sean McVay have operated, I really thought they were going to swing for the fences and go for Deshaun Watson and really change the paradigm of things. Uh, but when 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 it became Stafford, that seems like, you know, a fit for Sean McVay for what he's talked about he wants to do with his offense. Um, all the signs were there that they were going to move on from Jared Goff. So that was no surprise. But uh, the fact that they, they did it so quickly uh surprised me.
4: At what point do you think uh maybe Jared Goff and Sean McVay were going in different directions and and that Sean decided that he he needed a new quarterback.
9: You know, Dan the earliest indication for us, you know, out here covering them every day was Uh, After that Miami game, there was some frustration and uh, I don't know if it was because Jared Goff wasn't getting the ball out quick enough or because Brian Flores was out coaching Sean McVay in kind of a repeat of the Super Bowl. But once we got later in the season to the San Francisco 49ers loss where Goff had several turnovers, uh, McVay broke from practice. He is always the guy falling on the sword for his players. It's my fault. I didn't put him in the right. But after that game, he said, our quarterbacks got to take better care of the yeah, football and, yeah. and that as much of anything else signaled that things were, were not going well. Uh, and after the loss to the jets, obviously got to the end of the season with the broken thumb. And when, when McVay essentially benched uh, golf for the playoff game against the Seattle Seahawks, uh, it was obvious. There were some things that were, there were some issues that probably couldn't be repaired.
4: NFL.com's Michael Silver published a column yesterday, and it was full of information about Goff's perspective. In the story, Silver pointed out that Troy Aikman routinely trashed Goff when he and Joe Buck were assigned to call Rams games. Uh, he gave a couple of uh, instances here where you know Troy criticized him on an interception. He also pregame of the Super Bowl said, "You know, Bill Belichick wants the game in Jared Goff's hands." <sighs> Was there any manipulation going on behind the scenes, do you think, with Sean McVay uh, sort of getting a message out through another channel?
9: Well, I have to be honest, and you've been in those kinds of production meetings, so I think you probably have more intimate knowledge <laughs> of, of, what, of what coaches are willing to uh, disclose. So I, I can't say that I ever got a hint that, uh, you know, Sean McVay was trying to undermine his quarterback. Uh, I think... At least publicly, and, and what we see every, every day as you know the people that cover them on a beat, uh, there weren't there weren't hints of that. I, there was nothing outward like Jared Goff isn't a hard worker. He doesn't. He's not putting in the time. That's why I think that statement from McVeigh after the uh, San Francisco loss to come out publicly and say that was so compelling for for people who watch him every day.
4: Are the Rams closer to a Super Bowl today than they were? last Friday?
9: Well, I think uh, Matt Stafford, obviously with his resume in terms of his arms, his arm strength and his stats, I think there's some excitement that perhaps he could put them over the hump, but you know, Dan, they have a lot more issues than quarterback. Uh, They've got, they've don't have a deep threat receiver. Uh, Their running game looks like it could be coming on with Cam Akers, but that's, that's no guarantee. And frankly, uh, the Rams success this season was built on their defense and that defense with Brandon Staley becoming the coach of the chargers, several assistants leaving, Mm. they're going to, they're probably going to lose some key free agents. Um, there's no guarantee that Raheem Morris is going to be able to come in and maintain that defense at the level it was at. So I think the Rams have a lot of issues. This creates excitement for them. They're hosting the super bowl, you know, next season. So it sets them up for a possible run there. But really, I think the bar now for Matt Stafford is and Sean McVay really is you've got to win the Super Bowl because Jared Goff got you there and you couldn't do it. Now you've dumped his, his contract. You've given away more first round draft picks and you really you've got to win the whole thing.
4: Gary, good to visit with you. And uh, I'm glad you got something to write about here for the next couple of days. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Dan. All right. That's uh, Gary Klein. He covers the Rams for the L.A. Times. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, nine until noon Eastern, six to nine Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR
0: or stream us live on the Peacock app. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura podcast network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: I'm Saleya Mohsen, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States.
7: I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
4: He plays in the same division with the Rams. He's the Cardinals quarterback, the Heisman Trophy winner, Kyler Murray on the program. Kyler, how are you today?
6: I'm doing good. How are you?
4: I'm doing spectacular. We're off to a good start here. So it was yes, sir. It was two years ago today. <laughs> Let's knock this out. When you came on the set and you hadn't decided baseball or football, at least publicly. So yeah. what happened in that moment where we, we couldn't communicate with each other?
6: <laughs> I mean, you just kept asking me the question. I was, you know... Um, wasn't prepared to give an answer. Didn't, I don't know if I even had an answer at that time, but, uh, no, nah, it, it was fun in my eyes. I mean, everybody... <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it wasn't fun
4: in my eyes. Just, uh, to... yeah. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to help you. I was trying to help you because I knew what the reaction was going to be. And I, I, I just didn't want it to come back where, where, you know, schools were, or, uh, teams were going to go, well, did you see what happened on the Dan Patrick show? Or, I you know I thought there was going to be negative yeah. feedback for you.
6: Yeah, no, I, I think I think there was that. Um, you know, actually, I think I want to say the Cardinals asked uh, about about the <laughs> the interview. Um, we had teams I mean,
4: that asked for a copy of that, Kyler. Oh, really? Yeah, they wanted to know what happened. Like, they, like they didn't know how you were under pressure. They didn't know if oh, you were wow. like. But but the, you know how teams overreact when it comes yeah, to the yeah, draft. Yeah, no, nah, yeah, yeah. But
6: I think the, I think the whole world did. Like, I mean, if, if you're if you don't know what you're, what sport you're about to play, and somebody keeps asking you on live, <laughs> you know, live radio, like, did why? you
4: know at that time what you were going to do? Because I was told what you were going to do. Oh, I was told. That... I was told if you got a top ten grade. That you were going to be, you were going to go football, and you got that top ten grade. That you knew you were going to be a top ten pick.
6: Honestly, then I don't even, I don't even, uh, I don't think I ever even knew my grade. Like I don't, I don't remember getting the grade.
4: But what was the point or that day where you go, this is what I'm going to do, and and what was it that brought you to that point?
6: Man, it was uh, that, that was the hardest decision I've ever had to make. Um, I, and it honestly took me a long time to figure out what I was going to do just because making that, you know, I remember getting the, um, phone call, you know, actually my boys had told me when I got drafted, we were, um, we were leaving a regional uh, at OU. We had just lost to Florida state. Um, and I got the, you know, I got the news that I got drafted by the A's and I had told them before I got on the plane, you know, if they, you know, if they draft me, like I'm, I'm coming, you know, I'm going to play. So just, um, Give them that commitment, you know, giving my word that I was going to come play if, you know, they let me play another season of football. Um, and then coming back and, and having, you know, this decision, it was just, it was hard for me to uh, kind of tell them I'm not coming to play for them after I already, you know, told them that I was going to.
4: No, I respect that, that you wanted to be a man of your word. I also found it interesting. I was, I love these draft profiles. And there was a draft profile of you that talked about lack of arm strength. Yeah. And I went, when you threw the ball with us in Atlanta, I I said, look, whoever is writing this has not seen that up close and personal because that ball was whizzing. You yeah. had you had a great arm, but I, I think they, you know, they want. And by the way, I told teams that, that you had a great arm. I, I could hear I, the ball whizzing that. by, but yeah. uh, I said, he's playing baseball. He's got a good arm. Like, you know, we, we create these obstacles or uh, you're not tall enough and you know all of these different things but i went don't don't question his arm strength you can question his height not his arm strength
6: well i'm glad you were helping me out behind the scenes
4: yeah that's at least i can do there we did it though yeah. we we did it uh, uh look at us what what was your welcome to the nfl moment good or bad
6: oh <laughs> <laughs> um i think it was week one um I don't know if you watched the game. We played the Lions like that was the worst, like half of football that I've ever been a part of. Like It was it felt like a joke. And in my head, like in my head, I'm thinking like, damn, I know these people are watching this, like thinking like that. He should just play baseball. <laughs> it was that it was that bad. Like it, it was um it was horrible, man. And then we came out the second half and uh we ended up tying the game, going to overtime, should have won the game. But. That that was probably my welcome to the NFL moment.
4: Now, do you check social media at halftime after after that first half against the Lions? <laughs> uh, no. Okay. I well, Steph Curry checks his uh, social media at halftime.
6: I, I think it's a natural like you know I'm on, like if you go if you get on your phone you have a tendency to just click on the apps but um, no nah, I I, I did not check social media after that.
4: So baseball is still a possibility, I'm guessing for you, isn't it?
6: Uh, as far as my ability goes, yeah. I, I don't know how the you know contract works and stuff like that, but um, yeah. Well,
4: what if the A's traded your rights to the Diamondbacks?
6: I'd be all, I'd be all for it. I mean, I, I'd be all for it either way. Like, I mean, I have you know I love the you know the A's organization was great to me, so um, you know I, I would love to play both.
4: Did you ever talk to Deion Sanders about playing both?
6: We actually did an interview last, I think it was last last year. But um, yeah, he actually advised me to go play baseball, but uh, you know, that, that wasn't where my heart was. So
4: Yeah, and that's got to be interesting that you feel like you might be more successful or people think you might be more successful in baseball. But it came back to them doubting you and go, "Well, what we saw that one year at Oklahoma is that real, and does that translate into the n f l and like how do you how do you answer those people when you were too small, can you hold up uh whatever it might be? can you see over your lineman
6: Yeah. Well, a lot of those questions are like, like that, the C over lineman questions, I don't, like I said, any, no, no quarterback, my high Drew Brees, like Michael Vick, Russell, they can't, nobody can see over, over guys that are six, five, but. Um, to the people that, you know, say, yeah, you should have gone to play baseball, baseball. I don't think they understand how uh, difficult the game of baseball is, like, it, especially to play at that level, you know, when you got to go through minor leagues and stuff like that it's a grind it's you know it's uh, taxing on the body you play every day um, it, so it's, it's not easy you know it's a lot on the mental but you know for me I think that I just you know I trust my ability um and you know football has always kind of been my uh my love
4: well yeah since high school uh, you've been very successful at it the uh the Heisman campaign when you're in the car with Tebow now I don't I are you guys in the car at the same time when you're shooting that commercial
6: No, due due to COVID and stuff like that, I I had to be in the car by myself.
4: Okay. You fooled us because it was very good. Now, there's one moment (laughs) where Tebow is ready to ask you something, and you said, don't ask that. Is that baseball?
6: (laughs) Was the question about baseball? No, no, it wasn't about baseball.
4: Well, that's what I thought. That he's ready to ask you all the questions, and you're like, you can read his mind. You're like, no, don't ask that question. I thought that it nah. was. Oh, okay. So I, th- I thought no, that wow. that might have been part of the uh, the script there. Uh, so I see that you have your uh, Snickers hardware on there. <laughs> is that yeah. is that one of a kind or?
6: Uh, uh I, I believe so. But <laughs> I feel really special to be able to you know wear this and be the. Uh... The season's hungriest player of the year. So like I said, it's an honor. Um, there's a lot of great, great players this year that had you know, great weeks of football. Um, I was surprised that I got to bring this one home, but you know, it's it's a, it's a good deal. I get to donate it off uh, to first responders in Arizona. So uh, I'm glad it's around my neck. You couldn't
4: wear that during the game?
6: No, nah, it would weigh me down. It would slow <laughs> me down. <laughs> uh, what's your
4: plans for the offseason?
6: Uh man, I, I got hurt the last uh, you know last game of the season. So get, getting my ankle right and then you know hit the ground running like I always do. Just working out, uh, trying to get better. Surgery? Oh no, no surgery. No.
4: Have you had <laughs> no surgery?
6: surgery? I actually I had a sports hernia like when I was a like a little kid. I, I don't I think I was like seven or eight. Other than that, no.
4: That's something else we have in common. I had a sports hernia as well.
6: I was young, though. I was using the restroom. I came out of the restroom. I was like, yo, I started my thing. I was like, yo, my dad, what, what is this? <laughs> and he started pushing on it. I was like, oh.
4: <laughs> wait, wait. That's a bathroom hernia, not a sports hernia. You didn't hurt yourself doing anything athletic.
6: You got to come up with a better story than that. that. I guess you can call it that. I don't know.
4: Uh, put me in the huddle when you throw the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. So, what's that play call?
6: Um, we called it, we called it a cowboy pass, but it didn't end up working how we practiced it. You know, um, it was designed for me. I don't know if you remember the uh, Aaron Rodgers play where uh, they were playing the Cowboys. And yeah. he, you know, he drops back, rolls out left, uh, hits a tight end on the side. You know, um, that that was the original draw of the play. Now, how it worked, Hop just ran to the end zone. I don't even think my guy Andy was supposed to be running across the field. I, I think he got caught up. Uh, D-hop ended up being the only guy in the end zone. And, you know, the, the, the rollout left didn't really work because the dude contained it so, you know, very well. Had to, you know, avoid him and make him miss and then just try to get it to, you know, get it to where he could have a chance to catch it. So.
4: I thought the most underrated part of that is you rolled left and were able to get that much on the football to throw it to the end zone because that's – going against your body, is that's not easy to do.
6: No, it's – uh it's one of those things where man, you you kind of just heave it, heave it down there and uh, hope for the best.
4: And I don't like when they call it the catch because you know it's the throw is too pretty good. I mean, we always you know Dwight Clark catches from Joe Montana is called the catch. You know it's yeah you know, DeAndre. Do you see that catch by DeAndre? Nobody said did you see the throw by Kyler Murray.
6: I I just think you know everybody. Uh, <laughs> I think just because it kind of just because it's me, there's there's that like stigma around it. But um, no, I mean like like I said, I mean DeAndre he made a great catch. I don't think you know there's both sides of it. If there's not the throw, there's not the catch, and there's not you know it, it goes both ways.
4: Nobody talks about Eli Manning's throw in the Super Bowl to David Tyree. They just talk about David Tyree's catch. So just saying,
6: I... he couldn't catch it if he didn't throw. It,
4: yeah, so. there you go. I got your back here. All right, hey, we've moved on. We're back. You and I, same page yeah, no, right no. now. We're, yeah. Next time I see you, Super Bowl, I'll
6: give you a hug. I'll give you whoa, a hug. Whoa, whoa,
4: whoa! I'm going to bring the Snickers. <laughs> and uh, hey, congrats! I I've been a big fan of yours. Even after what happened two years ago, you're still a great player, and uh, I'm happy for your success there. So thanks for being a good sport. And uh, yes, sir. T- tell your dad I said hello. I will. I will. Thank you. Thank you, Kyler. That's uh, Kyler Murray joining us on behalf of Snickers, the hungriest player of the year for the 2020 NFL season.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of
9: our
3: shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff.